Hello and welcome. I'm Alexander. And I'm Simon. We're still knee-deep in tech, and this is a fourth special episode. Exactly. And the topic of the day is Azure SQL Server. Um, or, or is it? Or is it? It is a good question. No, uh, let's talk about choices when it comes to um, databases. You're the diplomatic one. Well, it happens. And today is November 10th. Yep. Just so you know when this is recorded. And... The reason for telling you that is things are happening fast in Azure. They are indeed. They are indeed. And, well, when it comes to databases and, and Azure, it's it's pretty common to get a question, what is available? What should I use? When should I use it? Is this going to work? What kind of issues are, am I going to, to step over? And, and so on and so forth. And the the short answer is, oh, there are so many short answers. Yeah. So let's begin. What's Azure SQL? Today in Azure, you have a couple of different ways of running SQL Server. The classic and, and most obvious one is running SQL Server on a VM. Yeah. And that's exactly the same as running SQL Server on your machine in your own data center or on your own laptop. Yeah, so it's a co-location. Pretty much it's a co-location, but you have access to the whole Azure infrastructure when it yeah. comes to um, resilience and, and um, high availability and so on and so forth. Performance. Yes. Yeah. And of course, in integration to other Azure uh, features, service bus, any POS services or whatever. It's, it's already there. Yeah. Then we have the Azure SQL Server. It's also been around for quite some time, and this is, technically it's a VM-ish, but you don't get exposed to the VM. You only see an instance. You only see a SQL Server, or even worse, you only see a database. Yep. And this is a true POS service. It can scale up and down, it can also be put in a pool, which is a very interesting proposition when it comes to um, uh, price and performance. And why is that? That is because, say for instance, you have, if you have one database, yep. you can either put it in a um, Azure SQL Server or a VM. Let's, let's keep to those yep. two. There, there's a third one coming out very soon. And in this case, it really doesn't matter what you do. You assign it a number of DTUs, which is pretty much uh, a number of horsepower. Yeah. And you use it just like you would any normal database. But if you have two or four or 29 databases, if you assign each and every database a set DTU, you're probably going to find yourself kind of wasting your horsepower. Yeah. Not every database is going to go full tilt at all times. Probably. Probably, yeah. So imagine instead you create a pool where you put all the databases in and then you assign the pool a set number of DTUs. And depending on which database at any given time is using how much horsepower, you access the number of DTUs available to the pool. Yeah, makes sense. It does. And since this is going to be way cheaper than assigning 20 databases yep. um, to, to um, uh, a set DTU. So it, it's uh, probably a, a good idea to do 
do that if if your um, if your database workload supports it. Yep. And and how do I know that? That's a very good question. I'm very happy you asked <laughs> it. And, and that's that's one of the that's one of the most difficult things to to answer with Azure. The question can also be how many DTUs do I need to to um, support my workload? Yep. And the answer is you can't answer that question. You need to test it. Because it's 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 almost impossible to say what's one DTU. Or well, is it possible to explain what's one DTU? I, I can explain to you what a DTU is. It's yep. a combination of CPU, uh, I.O. and networking. Yep. But the issue is I cannot put it in, into any relative numbers when no. it comes to on-prem. Yeah, you, you can't say it's it's this kind of CPU power, this amount of IOPS, no. this kind of throughput. No, not in, in any meaningful way. And there is a tool to estimate uh, the DTU yep. if, if you look at uh, an on-prem server. And I'm sorry, but that tool is just out there. It is... It, it, it'll give you a number. I'll give you that. <laughs> but Calculator I, will give me a number. Yes. If I ask it to. Yes. And that's that's the that's one of the biggest issues with Azure SQL Server. It is very hard to calculate what size of database you're going to need to support your workload on premises. But it is exceptionally simple to scale up or down. Yep. So it's fairly easy to test it out. But I, my experience is that you will probably need slightly more horsepower than you expected from the beginning. Yep. And that will definitely impact your uh, value proposition. Yep. So don't think that you can spin up a small, definitely not a basic, but, but um, a slightly larger machine and, and be happy with that. You might find that it is not quick enough. So I'll get back to that later on, mm -hmm. looking at the migration process. But let's start off with what databases, what solutions are suitable for Azure SQL and what solutions are not. Okay, here we need to insert the third option that is fairly new. It was released on a, a public preview at Ignite. And that's the managed instance. Yep. It's a, a third version, kind of a hybrid thingy. The issue with the Azure SQL database is that you do not get exposed to classic uh, um, database things such as the um, agent. You cannot run any agent jobs. You cannot do cross-database scripting, which is a huge issue for very many people, meaning yep. if you have two databases, on-prem, you can easily just access one or the other through uh, a three-name convention, yep. database.schema.table. You can't do that with Azure SQL Server, period. Yep. With a managed instance, you can. So there you have the third option. It is closer to running Azure, uh, running SQL Server on a VM yep. than Azure SQL Server. So but you still get some of the benefits of running... Because is it is it... Considered a pass solution? Yes. Yeah. So you get, get some of the pass benefits, but with more options that are similar to a SQL, uh, you, the usual SQL server you would run in your data center or in Azure. Exactly. Yeah. So back to your question, what, what databases are, are suitable for what? And 
let's start with say for instance you have a, a system running on-prem yeah is this going to be suitable for Azure SQL database maybe yeah we need to look at how does the database application behave is it a chatty application such as it always runs to and fro the, the client to to ask for this and that mm, maybe not yep. you probably want to minimize the round trips since you are going to have to contend with um, latency yeah and and that's in our case in sweden because we are not and and or it's it's the case for most people because you s would probably have a higher latency to an azure data center regardless of where you are in the world but we have a bit more latency to take care of because we are further away from a data center than you would be if you were located in inside of the Netherlands or Ireland or whatever. That's definitely true. Yeah. So that's the one issue. Then we have the issue with inconsistent uh, requirements. If you have a consistent database that is running on a consistent um, power level, so to speak, at any given moment, that's a good uh, contender for Azure SQL Server. Yeah. If you have um, something that needs very much CPU for a short while and then it kind of tapers out for a while, then it comes back to high CPU or high IO, maybe not the best fit. But would that be an option for the pooled solution then? Maybe. Maybe. Everything comes down to price and performance. Yeah. Of course, you can always crank up the DTUs. Uh, you're going to experience two things pretty high um, speed and uh, a scream <laughs> when the invoice comes. Yeah. It is expensive. Yeah. It gets expensive very quickly. The pool thing, absolutely. You don't put stuff in the pool to make sure you have good performance. Nope. You put stuff in the pool to make sure that you have the most bang for your buck. Yeah. But then again, it is it, it might just be a great idea. Yeah. Cuz you don't have to bother with backups. You don't have to bother with with um, patching yeah you don't have to bother with high availability everything just works and that's the weird thing it just works yep. then of course you have the um, automatic tuning which is surprisingly good oh i won't be 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 having to to get, go to the unemployment office anytime sh soon <laughs> but many of the the basic stuff you just don't have to worry about anymore yeah it just works. So so far, it's it's a matter of latency. Mm -hmm. It's a matter of consistency, performance-wise. Yes. Um, where a consistent database would be suitable for Azure, and a non-consistent one probably would be expensive to run in Azure. Most likely, yes. Like any other things to consider when looking at your database and telling it, it's time to go to the cloud. Yes, and this one is not quite as obvious from the get-go. If you have a huge database yeah. with a fairly low performance requirement. What's huge? Let's, let's say you have two terabytes yeah. and you don't need very much performance since it's an archive database. Yeah. That is not a good fit. No. Since you need to have a balance between CPU networking and, and I.O., yeah, because you can't easily. Well, it's not quite correct. You couldn't easily change the relative scaling. Yeah. you have some uh, 
possibilities today, but not necessarily as much as you'd like. Yep. So if you have a, a very high performance requirement, but low disk, yep. you're going to have to put up with quite a lot of disk to yep. satisfy this performance requirement. So it's it's not quite as easy to, to be flexible in the cloud as it is on-prem. Yep. But then again, you trade some flexibility for uh, some other kind of flexibility. Yep. You don't have to care anymore. Exactly. Yep. And you can scale up and down, just not scale every single performance piece as easily as you could on-prem. If you want more CPU, you 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 get some more disk. Yes, which exactly. Shouldn't, it it which shouldn't be the case uh, on-prem. Most likely not. Yep. That's true. true. So moving back to the question we had prior to this one. I've decided to try out SQL on Azure. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how many DTUs I, I will need. I don't know if this database will make sense to have in Azure until mm-hmm. I try it. Yep. How do I migrate from on-prem to um, the cloud? And how easily is, is how easily can I move back? Are we looking at a completely new system or is it a system that's been running on-prem for some time? I would guess something that's been running for quite a while. Okay, so it's it's a system not designed for, for the cloud in mind to exactly. begin with. We can take that later on, but in this case, and I think that's probably the most common case. Many customers have a lot of databases that cost plenty of money to keep having on-prem, and in some cases they are looking at the cloud, and yeah, database could be something to move. True, true. Um, so far, uh, surprisingly few. Yeah, uh, do that move, but let's 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 discuss it. And there are many ways to migrate. Yep. Uh, there are several ways that suck, and <laughs> some ways that are way better. Uh, I would recommend looking at uh, Visual Studio. Yeah, do it the right way from the get go. Don't try to use uh, deploy to Azure within uh, SQL Server and, and stuff. It doesn't work. In, in mm. the end, do the work uh, and, and, and fix whatever issues you have before you push it up to the cloud. Yep. Visual Studio is the definitely easiest way to do this. These days you also have the migration, I can't remember what the name is, either it's Migration Toolkit or Migration Assistant or something yep. like that. It gets continuously updated and it works very well. It will also help you to take your stuff and go up. Since yep. you're going to lose a few things, yep. you don't have the agent. That's one of the issues. You don't have a integration to uh, AD. Yep. So you need to take care of those accounts. Um, there are still some very edge case stuff that doesn't work in the cloud, but works on-prem. So you need to kind of make sure that this is not something you're going to trip over. Yep. The uh, migration and uh, a uh, assistant will help you as well as uh, Visual Studio will help yep. you. Having said that, it's probably not very hard to take your database and just put it up there. Try it. Yep. Then you need to find out how will your uh, application handle intermittent exactly. yep. service out- outages. Since we are not going to have a consistent round trip, someone might be stepping on the, the cable to the internet. Yep. So th- that's probably going to be more of an issue than 
putting the database in the cloud in the first place. Yeah, because we are focusing on the database part, but of course you need to ensure that your application that access the database can handle it. Yes, and then I mean that's that's the point. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the database has no value if the application doesn't work. No. Yeah, but, but true. Yeah. So now the database is up in the cloud and we discover that it's either too expensive or that the application can handle it. Is it possible to move it back? Yes, it is. In the same way as you moved it up. Yeah. But it's going to take some some time. Yeah. And it, it's going to require some work. You take a logical backup. Yeah. Um, well, of course, you, you can always do a, a backup and restore or you can do a backpack and DAC pack, which is a, a pretty much a, a, an export. Yeah, is, is it DAC pack with an A or a U? <laughs> D-A-C-P-A-C. <laughs> Thank you. DAC pack and backpack. <laughs> there, there, are no, duck pack. there are no ducks in, in the Azure cloud as of yet. As of yet. Might be the name of, uh, of a session. Duck Actually, duck, pack. duck pack. Interesting. I like it. Yeah. We should print like rubber ducks with duck pack. That that could be a name for another podcast. Duck pack. Duck pack. True. Uh, moving on. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so it's possible to move back and forth. You said something about not being able to integrate with AD. Yes. Since on-prem, you have the ability to to inter- to use uh, Windows AD. Yeah. Uh, for. Um, for um, authentication authentication yeah. and and, and uh, yep. stuff like that that's usually the way you want to do things yep. so, since you usually don't want your uh, app, uh, application passwords and, and users inside SQL Server yep. however SQL Server on Azure does not support uh, AD and Azure AD yes but AD no does it support Azure domain services as in, if you federate the whole thing and yeah. sync, yes, that'll work. Yep. That'll work. Yep. But do you usually recommend to, instead of doing that, going for the integrated authentication in SQL? The integrated authentication in, in SQL. Or the, what's the name of it? You have SQL accounts. Yes. Yeah. Is that to prefer if you put your database in Azure? If you're running Azure SQL Server, that might be the way to go. Then again, it it kind of, the question that gets asked then is, what kind of stuff do you have in Azure as it is? Do you have an Azure AD? Are you going to use other Azure services that rely on Azure AD? Well, in that case, it's probably easier to use Azure AD. Yep. But if you only put up your database and you are only going to use that database and no other services, you might as well use what is called SQL Server authentication. Yep. So that's that's also uh, one way to do things. Yep. So if we look at now, we've talked about the database. We have discussed systems. Do do you have any any examples of suitable applications systems that are running out? at customers today that are suitable in general you don't need to name drop anything but in general are there anything that if you have one of these systems look at azure and if you have these systems don't look at it if you have 
extreme performance requirements, yep. you might not want to look at Azure. And if you have a, a system that can be, how do I put this? If you just put your database up in the cloud, you are probably going to run into the issue of latency. Yep. And that's not going to work. But if you can put your application server and pretty much your whole infrastructure in the cloud and just access the application yep. from a client, then you're not going to look, uh, you're, you're not going to trip over any issues with, with latency, most most probably. So that that's going to be... No, not between the application and the database, but you may run into latency issues from the clients that are ac accessing the application. Sure. But which should be working better. It, it, it's probably going to work way yeah. better. Yep. Yes. And I have a, a few examples of, of people that's done the whole trip of, of um, uh, putting things in, into Azure. We have a, an airline yep. that we built a whole new system on, on entirely based on, on uh, POS. Yep. There are no VMs in that solution at all. It is a um, Azure or a couple of Azure SQL databases that increase and decrease in size depending on the load. Yep. That's something we haven't uh, discussed either. You can have automatic scaling up yep. and down depending on your workload. So you might not necessarily know what your invoice is going to be every month, but you can guarantee that if, for instance, you have an influx of, uh, of requests, your system will scale accordingly. Yep. That is something you cannot do with a VM. Yeah, exactly. Not easily anyways. You, you, ca you could scale the VM, but then you would need something to monitor the database to scale the VM. True. And you're going to look at uh, some outage yep since when you change the size of a machine you're going to have some packet yep. loss yep but then again um, high performance stuff you might not want to put in there it and that's a cost it's probably a cost yeah because you probably have all the performance you need but at a price yes yeah uh, and then when it comes to performance you might find yourself that you don't have the performance you expected yep and I've, I've seen that in, in a few cases another thing to point out with regards to cost at first glance azure sql server is going to be more expensive than running on-prem and that is because you need to keep in mind that everything in azure is enterprise yeah um, well well i should say everything pass in azure is enterprise if yep. you run a, a vm you can always run you, a standard you can choose edition. whatever you like yes so that's that's something to remember and that means you're going to have access to availability groups, uh, for instance, yep. that you don't have on, on standard edition. And then, as in many other cases, you need to look at the entire cost of having your database on-prem. It's not only what the hardware and license for SQL Server did cost you at one point. It's the continuous management of it as well. Definitely. And that, that makes it uh, both a way more interesting discussion and a way more difficult one. Yeah since you need to count the right things. Exactly. How much does your database cost? And it's a lot of different variables in that for every single application, basically. Definitely. And uh, how does what, what, do, what do you cost? Yeah. And then we have backups. How do we handle SLAs? Yeah. What can be leveraged in Azure that you don't have? Yeah. Well, say, say, for instance, you have one data center. Yeah. 
what's what it's what will it cost you to spin up another data center yep. it's probably going to be very expensive in azure it's like five clicks yep. bang you are completely secure talking about that are there any hybrid solutions absolutely i've seen both uh, from an on-prem to a vm yeah and i've seen uh, hmm have i seen on-prem to no, I haven't seen any on-prem to Azure database. Would that be possible? Yes. It is. Yep. It would be quite possible. Not necessarily a good idea, but it would be possible. Yep. It would be probably easier with a managed instance. Yep. But yeah, you, so definitely you can do uh, uh, hybrids. What do you usually scale? Is it disk space or performance or only high availability or what's the... Why do you want to go for a hybrid solution? Or why would you? Why would I go for a hybrid solution? The The reasons that I've heard is that people are still kind of wary with Azure and the cloud and yep. databases and think that it's not ready for prime time. Yep. For that, I, I can only say it is. But it is a tool, not, yep. nef not necessarily the tool. So you need to keep in mind, is this the best fit? Yeah. Might be, might not necessarily be. But give it a couple of years. I, I, I would find it very unlikely that we would have most databases on-premises. Yep. We're probably going to see most everything in yep. the cloud. Yep. Some cloud. Some cloud. And, and most likely several clouds. Yep. I see no reason to put all your eggs in one basket. Yeah, and, speak, and, and you feel free to say that you don't have enough knowledge of it uh, as of it yet. How does the other main public cloud providers look at SQL? The only one that I've been peeking a bit yeah. at is is uh, Amazon. Yeah. And Amazon is very, very good. Yeah. There are quite a few offerings with regards to SQL Server and works splendidly yeah are there any uh, as i usually say with microsoft products and especially windows phone of course everything gets better when you combine microsoft and microsoft mm -hmm. are there any as you are aware of benefits of running sql server on azure compared to avs or google or something else or is, is it basically the same thing Oh, that, that's a hard one. If you have a, a system that requires or leans on different Azure services, yep. it's going to be easier to do it in Azure. Yep. On, the, on the other hand, you have a, a lot of the um, offerings in, in Azure you also have in, in AWS. Yep. But since you need to do some magic to go between the two, yep. Mike Martin told us of a tool that can uh, help with deployment to AWS and Azure yeah. uh, on pretty much on the fly. So that's that's one way to do it. But mm, no, I, I, I don't think I have a very good answer to that. Yeah, because that, that will, and again, speaking about Sweden, that will be something interesting for us that many other countries already have because we will get AVS data centers in Sweden. In just a 
like next year or something. Yes, it's it's pretty close. And then you'll probably get a lower latency than going to the northern western European Azure data centers. And also you, we know that the data is in Sweden. That is definitely the case. And we Azure is going to to face quite some opposition from AWS. Speaking about that and data integrity and so on. Mm -hmm. Uh I know that we previously have spoken about the ability to encrypt databases in Azure yes. and on-prem. Yes. Is that something that you need Azure for? Because Amazon doesn't run Hyper-V. Can, can you encrypt SQL on VMware or something other than Hyper-V? Yes, definitely. Yes. It depends on what you want to do. You have several different things you can do. Yep. Transparent data encryption will uh, encrypt your data at rest. Yep. Then you have always encrypted, which is taken to a whole new level. It means that I, as a DBA, cannot read the data. Yep. And that's it, available regardless of hypervisor. It doesn't matter what, what you run yep. it on, including Linux. Yep. So, yeah, you, you can run it on anything you want. Yep. Good. Have you looked anything at containerizing SQL? I haven't. But there are people doing it, yep. and it's a very interesting proposition. I simply haven't had time yet. No. But it it's going to be there, and yes, very very interesting. Yeah. So that that, and that will enable you to choose the cloud of your preferences. Pretty much. Later on, Pretty much. and your OS, of course. Yes. Running on Linux, running on Windows, running on anything. Yep. And um, that was a good thing you you said, since it jogged my memory. One of the issues you're going to run into when it comes to extracting data from your database to on-prem or extracting data from your database to another cloud is most databases are somewhat big. Yeah. Hello, egress charge. Yep. So it, it's it's going to cost you. Yeah. As most things, it is free going up. It is not free coming down. Yeah. And if if any of the ones listening to this now wants to move to any database to Azure, mm -hmm. What are your tips for them? What, what should they think about first? What are the important points to consider before doing it? Just a couple of short yeah. pointers on the way. Do your homework. Yep. Make sure that you understand what is available in Azure and what is not. Make sure you understand the different offerings before you do anything. Toy with it and then see how things work. Then do due diligence. Make sure that your database is suitable. And when when I say suitable, I mean everything is where it should be. All the accounts work in the right way. You don't use any special weird stuff that doesn't exist. So make sure that you don't find any skeletons in, in the closet. Or in the database. Or in the, the database. Table. In the table. In the table. Skeletons in the table. It's in or on? That's a question I can't answer. Ah. But there you have another session. Skeletons on the table? Yeah. We are on a roll. Yeah. So basically, make, make sure that you don't get any surprises. Yeah. And test. Yeah. Test, test, test. Oh, one very, very important tip. When you migrate to Azure SQL Server, it doesn't matter what amount of DTUs you want to run the thing on 
later. Crank it all yeah. the way up to 11. Just do it. Yes, it's going to be hideously expensive for that short while, yep. but you won't run into throttling, yep. which is probably going to kill you both money-wise and time-wise. So just do that. Yeah. And another thing. Mm-hmm. How hard is it for a fairly experienced DBA to adopt to Azure SQL? Not very. Since I- if you are uh, an experienced SQL Server DBA, it's the same thing. Yep. There are some things you cannot do. There are some things you are need to do in a slightly different way. And it's going to be um, difficult to accept the fact that you don't need to do any backups yourself. Yeah. <laughs> because you everyone loves to do backups. Yes. If you don't want to, you can do. So um, it's another way to do things, not necessarily uh, harder or easier. So yep. not not difficult at all. Do you have anything to add before we wrap this up? It's an um, interesting new world. Yep. And I think the managed instance is going to be a, a very interesting proposition yeah you spoke a bit about that in your ignite special as well if i remember correctly. i did yeah. i did and i'm going to come back to it yep. uh, as as time moves on too but azure sql database and and putting a, a database and your whole infrastructure in azure you can do it tomorrow yep. it's going to work it's not necessary it, it's not something you need to evaluate when when it comes to if it works or not. The infrastructure will work. The question is, will your application and, and your specific use case work? Yeah, and will it make financial sense? Definitely. Financial sense is always very important. Yeah. Great. Thank you. It's been a pleasure and very interesting, and I know much more about Azure SQL than I ever thought I would know. There you go. Well, it is time to end the show, and thank you for listening. Thank you. Have a good one. Bye.